Facing Down 50, January the 16th, 2022. Reflections on half a century. My wife and I will be reaching our 100th birthday this year. And obviously when Anna again turns 29, as she has done every year since even before we met, I will be celebrating my 71st this coming Friday. On the basis that you're as old as the woman you feel, that does also work for me. I'm not sure a dispatch like this is the correct place to out my wife's fib, but with daughter Oda soon to be passing 26, it's becoming harder to convince other people. So yes, this year we will both hit our half-century, celebrate our golden jubilee, our golden birthday. We'll become demi-centurions, although any talk of midpoints or half-life seems a little optimistic, if not downright nuclear. Of course, as everyone says with a shrug and a flap of the hand, reaching a big birthday is just another day, just another year, just another birthday. But it is the big 5-0, and these passing decades are landmarks for both reflecting on the past and pondering the future. They stir up feelings of opportunities lost and opportunities taken, of time speeding up and of fading immortality. I've always treated big birthdays as subconscious targets to achieve a certain thing by a certain age. I didn't plan to give up my career at 48, to move into remote rural Portugal and off the grid with a still unfolding half-cocked plan for a new career as an entrepreneur, developer, hotelier and wine expert. But as a policeman might say, I do have previous. Firstly, I consider myself a risk taker rather than a risk maker. And secondly, while happy to regret doing anything, I've never wanted to be someone who regrets not doing something. I'd much rather say, if only I hadn't, than if only I had. Active regret trumps passive regret every time. Thirty came rushing towards me as I sat, frustrated by a desk-bound news processing job in London, and decided I needed to be somewhere fun for the first big landmark. Foreign correspondent jobs don't come to those without experience, and so I gave up my job at the BBC to move to South Africa and work freelance for the BBC. A big risk, people said. It was actually unpaid leave, so the worst thing that could happen was I'd be back at my desk in a year's time with a bit of debt and my tail between my legs. So I took out a loan and, helped by a crashing rand, moved to Cape Town to be paid by the story. I never looked or moved back. 40 wasn't looking like a realistic expectation, as my crazy decade of war and natural disasters started in Cape Town and ended in California. It included years living in South Africa, Afghanistan, Thailand and twice in the US of A, while travelling to countless countries in various states of collapse. My first war was Liberia, and it was a madness of heavily armed, drugged-up, cross-dressing teenagers. But soon I was crossing front lines in Iraq, riding out Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, and then living in Kabul with regular frontline forays embedded with British troops. Having survived that and with a 40th birthday back on the cards, I made the strange decision of heading somewhere new and becoming ignorant in Asia, but on the grid at least. I knew it was an odd choice, and I might have regretted moving there were it not for meeting and marrying the marvellous Anna and becoming stepdad to the wonderful Oda. Los Angeles was an even crazier decision. I'm far more comfortable in a flak jacket than on a red carpet, but I have my old boss John Williams to thank for coming up with that idea to ease me off the war drug. 
My fifth decade took us from LA to Nairobi for four professionally wonderful years. I discovered what it is to be a grown-up by discovering there's no such thing as grown-ups. Having done more journalistic embeds than any previous Afghanistan correspondent, I set out to do more safaris than any former Africa correspondent, and I knocked that one out of the park. I found joy in deep dives, in making documentaries, and experimenting with new technologies like virtual reality, and I was given the wonderful chance to spend a year thinking about it all at Stanford University on a JSK fellowship. Brimming over with ideas, I came back to a BBC that was sadly in a turmoil of job cuts and savings, and with little to offer me than a desk-bound news processing job. With a strong plan B in place, I became an early adopter of the Great Resignation. And so I'm facing down 50 with a more accidental change of scenery, but comfortable in the knowledge that the easy option was to not do something, to not leave my old job. Every day in Valdez Estrelas is a school day with so much to learn, from a little more Portuguese language each day to the fascinating history and odd quirks of a country that leaps out at the foreign correspondent. And there are still some strong echoes of the past. Visitors are still wowed by our virtual reality documentaries, which I strap onto their faces after a few drinks. I walk our hills and valleys, pondering the metaverse and how this growing tech will soon dominate our lives. And I wonder... I'll admit I've been pining a little for my old life at the BBC this week as great change is happening and the opportunities for innovation and experimentation appear to be returning. But realistically, just how transferable are my new skills? I mean, when next-door neighbour Daniel's water was disappearing and his internet went down, I knew exactly how to dig up and repair his broken pipe, prime his filters and get the power back on. Not exactly key requirements for a desk job in London W1A. We sometimes question the risks we're making to take on a big loan, build a tourist lodge and a business based around Portuguese wine, storytelling and a great view. But hopefully the experience of living in weird and wonderful places will continue to help us cope with the delays and frustrations of bureaucracy, the challenges of a pioneer life of self-sustainability and weathering a lengthening period where we're not making any money. And at least it gives me plenty to write about, to think about and to podcast about, although that's still a work in progress. And what better way to move into my sixth decade with daily challenges way outside my comfort zone, with a madcap plan and with the woman I love as she turns 29 again.